a really easy thing you can do is go through your com competitors' reviews, Facebook, Yelp, Google, um, CrateJoy, anything. Look at what people are saying about the competitors. That advice is gold. Like you will get so much information on what people like, what people hate, and what people wish the product could have. And that can give you some ideas to when you're creating your um, business. Welcome to the Wear Wag Repeat Podcast. I'm Tori Mystic. As a dog mom lifestyle expert, blogger, and business owner, I love talking to other women in the pet industry and sharing their advice with you every week. Sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. In this episode, I'm talking to Carrie Fitzgerald about the secrets of growing a six-figure pet product business. One of those secrets is to focus on customer acquisition in places other than Instagram. As Carrie grew her high-end pet subscription box, she focused on things that brought free traffic from Google, like an affiliate program, blogging, and SEO. If you focus on those things, your business can grow organically without paid ads and promotions. Carrie also shares some actionable examples of ways that you can reward current customers to turn them into super fans. I hope you enjoy this interview and it gets you excited about growing your business. What takeaway are you going to implement? Tell me about it. Reach out in my DMs at where, wag, repeat, tag me in a caption, or send me an email. Find all the ways that you can get in touch with me at wherewagrepeat.com slash podcast. Carrie Fitzgerald is an online marketing expert with over a decade of corporate marketing experience. She started her first product business in 2016, a high-end subscription box and e-commerce business called the Dapper Dog Box. After successfully selling the business in 2019, she now helps other savvy entrepreneurs start and scale their own dream product businesses. Carrie's marketing frameworks are heavily grounded in organic and free marketing, not really relying on ads. She is a proud boy mom and dog mom, obsessed with iced coffee, and is an East Coast transplant living in Seattle. Hey, Carrie. Hi. <laughs> so nice to be here. Yeah. Welcome to the show. So we've actually kind of known each other for years, um, and it's really fun to have you here and chat with you and hear all about everything that you've that you've been working on. Um, we met through Dapper Dog Box stuff, and I think I did some unboxing videos you did. for you back in the day, which feels like so long ago now. But I know it does. It does. Yeah. Yes. I've, I've been a fan of yours for a long time, and I think we both share a love for Labradors. So yes. I have a black lab. She's a mix, but she's a black lab. So yeah. But yeah, we've known each other for a while um, indirectly. So I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. So why don't we, why don't we just like kind of go back in time and tell us about how, how you got started with the idea of doing a pet subscription box. And, um, I thought your box really kind of like stood out as being different from a lot of others. Um, so how did you come up with the concept for it? So I think just to kind of backtrack, I had been doing marketing for, um, I don't know, six, seven years and doing marketing and sales and, 
just like had a baby and just really wanted to do something different. And we had also moved from Boston to Southern California and just in between like moving, having a baby, I just wanted to do something different. And literally I was interviewing for jobs and they were all marketing companies. Nothing was really sticking. Nothing was feeling right. And then one day at the gym, and it's always funny, like people always have those like weird stories of like, oh yeah, I got my business idea at, and it's like the weirdest, stupid story. Um, and mine's really no different. <laughs> like I was literally at the gym doing an arm or leg machine and the idea popped into my head. I want to do a subscription box business. I had never thought of it before. And it just popped into my head. It was like the universe gave me this little idea and I was like, okay, I kind of love it. Like, let me think about it. So I started thinking about it. I was like, well, what kind of box business would I do? And so kind of like thought about it a little bit. And at first I was like, maybe I'll do a baby subscription box because I just had a baby. But then I was like, nah, like not really my thing. Dogs. I love dogs. Well, plus babies grow up. They're not babies forever, but dogs are always dogs. (laughs) Just like didn't feel like, I don't know what, and I like love kids, but it didn't feel right to me. And then Mm -hmm. when I thought of the dog idea, I've been like you, like I've had dogs really for a long time. They've been a huge part of my life. And I was like, I could create something really cool with that. So kind of just started stewing it in my head, did some research. And this was in March of 2016. By April, like I was literally sitting at Starbucks outside getting my logo done, like ordering stickers, like coming up with packaging. So I really went full force with my idea and just kind of like ran with it. So it's kind of a funny, not so funny story. But once I have an idea that I like, I go in full force. So yeah, I think that's a common theme. And a lot of people that I talk to here, when (laughs) when something happens that you're like, I must do this. Like mm-hmm. you just go, you just go for it and figure it out and do what you got to do. Um, and I love that you yep. were just like sitting outside at Starbucks ordering your like packaging. <laughs> I remember like I literally ordered stickers before I did anything else. And I don't know why it was one of those things where I think I was so excited. I had gotten my logo. I ordered a $5 logo from Fiverr. Okay. $5. And actually it was really cute. And I was so excited about the business. So I just kind of got started and I didn't know what I was doing. And so, yeah, like I wasted money on stickers, but that's okay. Like I was excited and I don't know. It's the excitement. I remember when I first, cause I, um, I had my blog for like three years before I worked with a designer and got a logo and all that stuff. Um, Mm. and when, when I first got my logo, which I love now still, um, when I first got it, I was like, I could see this on so many things. I'm like, (laughs) nobody really wants my logo on like so many things, but I was just like, I ordered all the things like water bottle and a hat and stickers. And I was so excited too. So I get it. (laughs) It's so funny. Yeah, I agree with you. Your logo is very cute. But yeah, it's just the excitement of of having a business, whether it's a new business or a new website, a new logo, you feel so it's like your little baby. And so, you know, I I ordered lots of random things. But yeah, it just kind of got started. And I think the biggest thing when you mentioned that my box stood out, and that was part of when I was coming up with my idea, that was part of my strategy was like, I knew, okay, as a marketer, I don't want to create the next like bark box. That wasn't my thing. I wanted to do something different. So I did a lot of research. And when I say a lot of research, I literally had a spreadsheet of every single competitor pet box. And there was like hundreds. Yeah. I had the price, their branding, like what their what their value proposition was, who I thought they were trying to target, how many items were in the box. Like I had an entire list and kind of 
based off that came up with the idea to add accessories because Mm -hmm. I knew for me, I really wanted the bandana in my box. My dog had been wearing bandanas since literally the first day I bought uh, that I got her. And that was like my differentiator. And between that and like the packaging and the collar, I wanted my business to be really high end amongst a sea of like everyone doing the same thing, you know, like a different, a different like bark box would launch every day, but everyone was doing the same thing. Like no one was trying to stand out. So that was one thing that I think really set my business up for success was I initially and intentionally created something a bit different. Yeah. I just, um, if anyone follows me, which I'm sure everyone who's listening does, um, I just went through B school with Marie Forleo is like her online business thing. Mm -hmm. And one of the lessons in there is called the blue ocean and everyone can go Google this. Um, but it's basically, you make a chart and all your like competitors, quote unquote, like even if you don't think of people as competitor, the people in your space, you know, what do they do? And you, you put like the price and like, do they do this? How's their customer service? How's this? And your Mm -hmm. goal is to have your chart be the complete opposite of their chart, you know? So if their price is low, your price is high. If they Mm -hmm. like don't really offer any customer service, you offer the best customer service. Um, And so it's just like this really cool experiment. It sounds like you kind of did something similar to that with your Mm -hmm. chart and all your comparisons. I love that. I also love Marie Forleo. Um, Her book, is one of my, I just feel like it changed my life. Um, we can yes. talk about that later, but, um, her book is yes. very similar to <clears throat> B school. B school is obviously a lot more in depth. Um, love it. but if you like the book, you would like B school too. Um, oh yeah. Not I love sponsored. It. No. <laughs> yeah, no, I love Marie Forleo. I think she's amazing. And yeah, that's exactly what I did. Even though I didn't even know that I was supposed to be doing that type of research and market research, that's exactly what I did. And yeah. I really tried to identify that opportunity where no one was, was doing it. And at the time, like the accessories and bandanas were totally unique. So yes. I kind of went with that. And the price point you mentioned, like she told you, or she talks about if everyone charges this much money, you can charge more. That's what I did too. I was like, I'm going to have the most expensive subscription box for dogs. So, well, that's a great transition because, you know, one of the other notes I have here to ask you about is you grew the dapper dog box to a six figure product business. Um, Mm -hmm. so when you first started, was that kind of where you thought it would go? Was that your, your dream or your goal or, you know, were you working towards that or did it just kind of like happen? So I think like, to be honest with you, I wanted to make money and all that, but I feel like deep down, my bigger goal was impact. I really, really wanted, I think two things. One, I just love the idea of my product in people's hands. So watching like people on Instagram with their dogs, opening up the box and seeing their dog running around and all happy. I think for me, that's really deeply what I wanted. Like I wanted to to have my product like touch all these people and make dogs happy. The second part was I really wanted to be able to make an impact on the pet rescue space. So part of the box, we donated a portion of sales to different pet rescues. And so every month we would have a different rescue. And like, for me, that was such an important part of my business. And I think part of me, I, I desperately wanted that part of my business to help my business actually grow but I really just wanted to, to make an impact. So I think that was part of my motivation, but, um, yeah, I always wanted it to grow. You know, I, um, I think I didn't know that it would grow so much. And of course, like, you know, it could have been bigger and all that, but yeah, it was a learning 
everything was a, a different learning curve. Um, it was definitely like a wild ride. <laughs> I'm laughing about it now. I shed lots of tears. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Like you never know how a business will, will turn out. I think in my head, I was like, oh, I want to grow this business and I want to be in Shark Tank and I want to sell it for a million dollars. Like, I think that's what people really want. But when it comes down to it, it's so much harder to actually do any of that stuff. So yeah, it's fun to watch it on Shark Tank, but if it if you're actually going through it, there's so much that you don't realize goes into it. Yeah, there's so much. And like again, like when I launched my business, I that was my first business. I didn't know what I was doing. I had to learn everything from really from scratch. One of my biggest mistakes that I I'm that I talk about a lot is that I didn't invest in a mentor. And I mm-hmm. think that if I had just spent some money and hired a coach to help me, I think I could have grown my business. God knows how much, but you know, like I was learning and I tried to do everything myself and made lots of mistakes, did a lot of things right. But you know, I definitely, I'm very open with mistakes I made too. So, um, and I always try to help people like these, this is what I did. So don't do this. Like you should do this instead. So. Right. Well, and that's one of the perks of, of using a mentor or business coach. Um, so maybe maybe that's one of the secrets behind growing a, a multi six figure business. Are there any other secrets that you can share if if someone does want to do that? Yeah. So I think um, I think again, like what we kind of just talked about. I think you have to really niche down your idea. I think one mistake I see people making a lot, and a lot of people that I work with personally as clients is. They have a business idea, they launch it, but it's very, very broad. And I'm, you know, always ask them, who are you targeting? And they're like, oh, well, I'm targeting females who live in, who have a dog or something or whoever. And I'm always like, no, 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 we have to, we have to dig deeper. We have to peel back that onion. Um, so I think one, like really niching down and even if it's in a saturated space, like making, finding something that makes your business different and really not just coming up with a random idea, but actually doing research, like reading competitor reviews. And I I talk about this too all the time. Like a really easy thing you can do is go through your competitors' reviews, Facebook, Yelp, Google, um, CrateJoy, anything. Look at what people are saying about the competitors. That advice is gold. Like you will get so much information on what people like, what people hate, and what people wish the product could have. And that can give you some ideas to when you're creating your um, business. And I think the second thing too, is I focused heavily on customer acquisition channels and strategies other than Instagram. So I know Instagram is like, everyone loves it. Everyone's obsessed with it. I think it's great. I love Instagram, but I spent a lot of my time on things that would help bring me free traffic from Google. So having an affiliate program, blogging, um, SEO. Those are three things that if you spend time doing those three things, your business will grow organically. So you don't have to rely on ads. So I think that's another thing I heavily focused on. Um, I I wish I knew about SEO earlier in my business. Like, I mean, I'm a blogger, so I probably should have (laughs) learned about it earlier. But when I started blogging like eight years ago, it was just so different. And yeah, it was very different. And so, um, yeah, I mean, SEO existed, but I also, when I started my blog, it was just a hobby. I never knew it would become what it is today. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, my older posts, a lot of it was just, I wrote what I felt like for fun and, (laughs) and didn't really have any strategy or titles or keywords or anything like that. Um, but now as a blogger and like getting to work with businesses, you know, on influencer kind of stuff, 
Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Like everyone loves Instagram, but I know that a blog post that's SEO optimized or a video review that's embedded in there and on YouTube and all this stuff that mm-hmm. is going to serve brands so much more than an Instagram feed post. And it just, it, it blows my mind how many brands reach out to me and, and they only want to do an Instagram post. And I try to sell them mm-hmm. on you know, blog posts will be around forever and people can search it and you can link to it. And it's so great. Um, and it's just, it's amazing how many people are kind of don't get that. So Mm -hmm. important. Pretty much. I think pretty much everyone, (laughs) Yeah, what you just described. And I don't mean like, I never want to insult anyone. I think part of like why we do what we do is to help teach people what not to do. And I cannot stress enough, like you have to build your business on more than one channel. And if you're, you're entire, like, I actually have an Instagram post coming out today that says Instagram is not a marketing strategy. Um, because it's not, it's so funny. And- I just posted something today that says Instagram isn't everything. <laughs> So we must have been like connected on that. (laughs) Well, I have a podcast episode coming out today that I recorded on a whim because I felt so frustrated by a situation that happened. And so it's all about Instagram and like just about that. But um, yeah, it's, it's really, it's frustrating because like we know, okay, you need to build your business on other things. And in fact, like one of my clients, their Instagram just got turned off on Friday. Yes like literally just got turned off. And the reason I'm not in a ball crying is because I have set their business up with referral programs, um, affiliate programs, email marketing. We have an email list. 90% of the traffic comes from Pinterest. So, you know, it's not the end of the world. If we don't retrieve it, it's more of a headache. But again, if your business, if you're not doing all those things, Instagram can turn your account off. It's not like you don't own Instagram. So Mm -hmm. it's, very scary. And I, I feel like people really need to be more aware that, you know, other things can help bring organic traffic. Like you mentioned, like the blogging or embedding a YouTube video, like that's gold because in the end you want to show up on Google. So when someone goes to Google and they search for, you know, pet subscription box or, um, like high-end dog toy, you want to show up on Google and Instagram as great as it is, doesn't help you have any relevance on Google. So, right. Right. Well, yeah. And I think that I just want to repeat what you said is like, you know, if your Instagram account gets turned off, what, what else do you have to have set up for that to be a headache instead of like a life ruiner? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So just like, that. like put yourself in that mindset. If your Instagram account got, de- got deleted tomorrow, what else could you set up so that that wouldn't like end everything for you? Yeah. Like ruin your business. Yeah. So I yeah, like that's that. an, that's really good to think about. Um, mm-hmm. So another thing I want to ask you about, which I think you're really good at, is creating an engaged community of like super fans for your brand. Like you're talking about the affiliates and the bloggers and all this, and I I think this is something that you work with your with your clients on now. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk to us a little bit. How do you how do you get these super fans who are like really engaged with your community? So I think a few things. One is and I do work with clients on this because I think it's important. Um, it kind of goes back to acquiring customers. You know, when you think of your business, it's going to be more expensive for you to always get new customers for, you know, to buy from you. So I think the first part of it is, you know, who, like who's currently buying from you? How can we treat them better? How can we involve them in our business and brand? 
And so I think that's kind of the first part of it is like really treating your customers very well. So everything from having amazing customers, um, I keep saying customer experience, customer support, sorry. Um, It sounds like a really no brainer, but so many people actually have terrible customer service. Like they don't respond to customers. So I think that's one thing is like simple things like implementing a customer service um, procedure or format. Um, The second thing is, how can you engage with your customers? I think a lot of people, they acquire customers and then they really have no idea. They don't know who they are. They don't know why people buy from them. They have no system in place to get the get those customers to then like tag them on social media or post on Facebook or create a YouTube video. So I think part of it too, that I, that I worked really hard on is kind of getting my customers involved in my business and brand. So if someone would order from me, They would get series of emails that would get them to follow me on Instagram, um, join our monthly photo contest where like we would choose winners and they would get a free product. Um, I would try to get them to refer friends and family, like reward them. So I really worked hard to number one, reward my customers who purchase from me. So whether that's like an extra item in their box, I did that all the time. So yes, like I lost a little bit of money if I added an extra item, but to that person that made them really happy. And when you have a happy customer, trust me, they will literally shut your name from the rooftops and promote you to everyone. So it's worth it to do like the small little touches. Um, Sometimes I'd write them like a little note in their box or I'd email them and say, you know, thank you so much for being a loyal part of our family. Here's an extra discount on your next box or like just small things, but I think they make a massive, massive difference. So, yeah. Yeah. So you know, making, making your current customers, even if they've only bought one thing or if they're long-term customers, rewarding them, making them feel special rather than putting all your energy into getting new people. It, that reminds mm-hmm. me of, you know, I think Groupon is like kind of over now, but <laughs> back in the day, there was a Groupon, yeah, Groupon. Mm-hmm. I, there was a Groupon for, um, the hair salon that I go to and I've been going there for like 10 years and, um, it was a really great deal, whatever it was, but the fine print said it's for new customers only. And it kind of pissed me off. I was like, I've been loyal to you for 10 years and you're not going to reward me. You're going to reward yeah. these people. So, you know, I, that's, an, that's a, you know, a real world example. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, it's true. And like you ha- I think it, it really goes down to making your customers feel appreciated because I do think in this today's world, most businesses are super transactional. And I kind of talk about this a lot. Like, how do you get someone to buy from you versus Amazon? Almost anything you sell, someone can probably buy on Amazon for cheaper, easier and convenient. So how do you get people to buy from you? And I think part of it is making people feel connected to your brand and feeling special. And that's done like post-purchase. And that comes from, you know, through email, like thanking them for buying from you. How can you get them to kind of feel connected to your brand. So I think like one easy way is getting and encouraging your customers to be posting on social media. And then when your customers are posting videos of like, let's say it's um, a a dog toy company, you know, like someone posted a video of their dog playing with your new toy, you know, you have an opportunity right there to message them and say, thank you so much for buying for me. Like I love seeing Harry or whoever your dog is playing with our toys. Like, um, do you mind if we post that video or, you know, like yeah. it's small things like that, that actually make a huge difference and get people to be engaged in your brand. So, um, I think those are some easy things that people can do. And I think a lot of people are missing that opportunity. And it's just like the difference between 
liking a post that you're tagged in or that your product's mm-hmm. in versus following up with a DM saying, oh, this was so great. Thank you so much. So it's it takes yeah. like five more seconds to do that. Yeah. And also too, like you have to think when someone's really, really excited about your products, you have their attention right there. And so that is a time when you message them, even if it's, it doesn't have to be a, like, I hate spammy DMs, but message them and say like, thank you so much. We love seeing this toy. It makes us so happy. Um, here's a discount for a future purchase. You know, yeah. like it's a small token of appreciation, but you taking the time five seconds to do that, you might just get yourself another sale, you yeah. know, and you just have all the opportunity to get people involved in your business. And, um, you know, it takes time, but I think it makes a huge difference. Cause again, it's easier for you to get that customer to buy from you over and over rather than always trying to get new customers. So, yeah, no, great advice. Great advice. Um, so the, the next question I want to ask you kind of starting to, to wrap things up here. I love to ask everyone if they have any tools or apps, that they love to use because, you know, as entrepreneurs, we're always looking for the ways to make our life easier. So do you have a few apps, tools, or resources that help you run your business? Yes. So the first is Uber suggest. It is an SEO keyword research tool. And if you are again, a product business, really any business, um, you have to really understand keywords and content ideas. And so Uber suggest is a platform created by Neil Patel, who is basically a genius marketing genius. And so that's probably one of my number one tools, um, Planoly for planning Instagram. I would say, again, this isn't really like an interesting tool, but I do think it's helpful. Um, and then for my business, I would say, Dubsado or Kajabi. I, I'm going to say Kajabi because I hate Dubsado. <laughs> well, and you're like in the depths of Kajabi right now, right? Working on your course. Yeah. So I love Kajabi because I can make courses. I can create like quick workshops. Um, so I love it. Yeah. I'll say Kajabi. Um, well, so speaking of Kajabi, I know you're working on a course right now. What is your course in case people want to get involved in that? Yes, I am. I'm so excited. So it's called the Growth Academy Accelerator, and I'm probably going to be changing the name to something a little bit more interesting, but it's essentially for e-commerce or subscription box businesses. And it's it's really a beast of a course that will help you from A to Z figure out and understand how to grow your business. So how to make more money, how to sell more products, how to get more traffic, um, kind of everything from like website design to packaging to customer acquisition channels, kind of the whole nine yards. So yeah, I'm working on that right now. I have um, 16 people in a beta launch group and it's been so fun. I love getting to know people in my programs and I'll hopefully be relaunching it in a few months. So I'm definitely very excited. Yeah. Very exciting. So where can people go um, to uh, hint and get on your email list maybe (laughs) so that they can find out about when this does relaunch? So you can find me either on um, Instagram. I think that's a great place because I love connecting with people. So it's carrie.a.fitzgerald and that's Carrie with R-R-I-E. People always spell my name wrong. And then um, you can also go to my website, carriefitzgerald.com or um, yeah, I think those are two easy ways. 
Awesome. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for sharing all of your expertise. Um, we didn't even get to talk about your dog, um, <laughs> but people can find your your pup on Instagram. Um, he's in a lot of cute photos with you. So um, check that out. And thanks again for, for sharing your time and um, all of your great advice with us. No problem. This was super fun. Thank you so much. What did you like most about this episode? Find me on Instagram at teamistic and let me know what intrigued you or what questions you have about starting or growing your own dog-inspired business. You can also screenshot this episode and tag me in your stories. I love to see who is listening out there. Some of the best conversations happen after the episode, right? So track me down over on Instagram or Join the Wear, Wag, Repeat Labs Facebook group to connect with other dog-obsessed entrepreneurs. And as always, you can find all the links and resources discussed in this episode at wearwagrepeat.com slash podcast. See you back here next week.